So long, farewell, Avida saying goodbye. I hate to leave, to go. I don't know the rest of the songs and the lyrics of this amazing song to quote the Bontrap family singers in the words of the sound of music, of course. And or another one bites the dust. Um, which I did not know the meaning of that expression until I went to UrbanDictionary.com. And this is what it means. I, I mean, I'm sure most people knew what it meant, but I did not because I apparently live in the age of um, Oregon Trail. Another one bites the dust. The famous phrase that can be used when life presents you with a decent opportunity for you to prove yourself and you still fuck it up. And this is, again, according to UrbanDictionary.com. LOL, if they use such profanity in their depiction of what their words mean. Guy one. Hey, I finally confronted that girl I like. Guy two. Oh, Miranda? Great. How'd it go? Guy one. Well, surprisingly, she sat down next to me and gave me an open chance. I was too nervous, so I ran away. Another one bites the dust. Um, that doesn't really tell me what it means. Oh, a song? Song by the band Queen. A phrase that, when backsmacked vaguely, resembles a phrase, it's fun to smoke marijuana in events such as a death or and or injury. I guess this sort of episode and story sort of goes hand in hand with that expression. I'm gonna stop right now and just say that this episode is already off to a bit of a mess. And you know what I like that about the Mistress of Pop Culture? I'm Andrew DeVitri, obviously, the Mistress of Pop Culture. See, there's the mess right there. I literally just said the same thing twice. But you know why? I'm in such a good mood right now. And literally, like, my thoughts are all over the place, like Katy Perry's fireworks. Um, it's because I just saw Frozen 2. And I'm not going to talk about Frozen 2 in this episode. I'm going to talk about Frozen 2 in the next episode. I'm giving you guys a double whammy for Wednesday hump day, of course. Very busy Wednesday I have coming up. I have to work. But um, I don't actually have time to do a podcast episode um, tomorrow for Wednesday and Thursday, so I'm just going to do a double whammy now, because I, that's what I like to do as a mistress of pop culture. I'm a mistress, so literally I give you pop culture. Um, but I have uh, two big stories, um, one of which is this episode, the next is my sort of recap and review and personal feelings about the incredible, incredible experience that I had seeing Frozen 2, so bravo to Disney. Um, but I'm going to put a pin in that and uh, talk about the story today. That is, uh, it's a a sad story, but, you know, as I mentioned many a time before, I like to give a robust sort of amount of knowledge and information out, because I, I, as much as I love pop culture, and that's primarily what, um, you know, the show talks about, I also like to, you know, we're living in an age where things are a bit dicey, the waters are a bit murky, and uh, there's a lot going on in the world of politics, and today's episode is going to be chatting about the, um, I'm going to, how am I going to word this? The departure of the one and only Kamala Harris as she today um, suspended her campaign for the next presidential election, which is very sad. Um, and I'm going to just read some articles talking about it. But, you know, before I get into this, I want to say, I want to preface this whole story by saying I, I'm not at all here to discuss, you know, my personal political views. I just, this was a big story out today. And I know she's sort of been a fixture in the race thus far, um, regardless of what you think about her and or any political, um, I was going to say political refugee, any political uh, candidate running, this is just some, you know, basic factoids about her. Um, and I, I've seen her in interviews, and I know that there have been many people in L.A., some of my friends even, who have hosted, um, you know, benefits for her. Ooh, not benefits. Uh, what do you call it? Um, fundraisers. Ooh, so fancy. I know such fancy people. Yes, they're so fancy. So fancy that I have to be like, put a pin in that. Um, but, you know, it's always sad to see uh, someone you know, depart, which is why I, I, I believe that the family Von Trapp was spot on with saying so long, farewell, if you just think goodbye. But I don't know if they meant that in a shady way, but I don't think the Von Trapps actually knew what shade was, because back then shade was probably just like trying to hide from like the Nazis, because, you know, they were climbing every mountain at the end of the movie, in the words of Mother um, Superior. I love the movie, by the way, you guys. And uh, I, I know that, I really hope that, you know, the world of Hollywood and or any, any other sort of 
film industry outside of the U.S. does not remake that film. It's a classic. Julie Andrews is just literally a staple in history. But I do hope, I, I do have to say though, when um, I guess ABC or one of the networks did a Sound of Music Live with Carrie Underwood, I really liked it because Carrie Underwood did a great job as Maria, and th- those are no, that's no, um, no small shoes to fill, uh, of course, um, being the successor of the one and only Julie Andrews. And also, the one thing that was incredible about that um, experience was watching Audrey McDonald play Mother Superior, and her rendition of Climb Every Mount was literally a bot on iTunes literally within five minutes of that show ending. So, incredible. I love Audrey McDonald. I'm a huge Broadway geek, but, you know, I'm not here to talk about that. See, I'm already off on a tangent. Okay, here we go. Oh, sad news. Okay, first story of the day. This is from the New York Times. Um... Oh my gosh, hold on one sec. Okay, oh sorry, you know, New York Times does that weird thing where they only give you a few few, few free stories a month. Um, like two. So I'm using my, my, you know, one of my two now. But this is an important one. Okay, New York Times, thank you for the great reporting. Um, Kamala Harris says she's still, quote, in this fight, but out of the 2020 race. The California senator broke barriers but ran out of money as she struggled in polls. Her abrupt announcement is perhaps the most surprising development to date in the 2020 race. You know, it's really weird, by the way, before I get into this. I had this sort of weird sixth sense that she was going to pull out. And I don't know. You know. Do you guys know when that sort of happens, when you have just a gut feeling that something's going to happen and then it happens? I believe that's called deja vu. But I think deja vu is actually when you think you've been somewhere before, like a dream or something, and then you actually end up being there. So maybe it was a little bit of deja vu. But I think it was sort of, you know, seeing the future. I, 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 I say this all the time. Literally, I am that so raven. Um, nasty. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this is written by a bunch of authors who, you know, you know who you are. Um, okay. Senator Kamala Harris of California dropped out of the Democratic presidential race on Tuesday after months of low poll numbers and a series of missteps that crippled her campaign, a deflating come down for a barrier-breaking candidate who was seeking to become the first black woman to win a major party's presidential nomination. Um, I'm going to say never say never because she can run in four years again, and the way the world is working now, <laughs> who knows what could happen. You know, maybe she'll be somebody running, somebody's running, maybe she'll be a, a VP candidate or... You know, like Condoleezza Rice. I love me some Condoleezza Rice. I was always in awe of her. Okay, to continue. The decision came weeks after the weeks of upheaval among Ms. Harris's staff, including layoffs in New Hampshire and at her headquarters in Baltimore, and disarray among her allies. She told supporters in an email on Tuesday that she lacked the money needed to fully finance a competitive campaign. My campaign for president simply doesn't have the financial resources, but we need to continue, Ms. Harris wrote. But I want to be clear with you, I am still very much in this fight. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the announcement is perhaps the most surprising development to date in a fluid Democratic presidential campaign where Ms. Harris began in her top tier. You know, sometimes they always say you can't stop at the top. You just, you, have, you can't start at the top. You have to start sort of midway or the bottom, so you only have room to go. But there's that lifelong saying, when you're at the top, it's a long way down to the bottom. You can only go down from there. But I, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true. That's just sort of, it makes sense logically from, you know, a, a lot of different articles I've read and just life experiences, Okay. Oh, I'm so philosophical today. Okay, to continue. The announcement is perhaps the most surprising development to date in the fluid Democratic presidential campaign where Ms. Harris began in uh, in the top tier. Her departure removes a prominent woman of color from a field that started as uh, the most racially diverse ever in a Democratic party. It raises the prospect that this month's debate in Los Angeles will feature no candidates who aren't white. Ooh. Uh, Ms. Harris opened her campaign on MLK, Martin Luther King's birthday. With a rousing speech in her hometown, Oakland, California, before an audience of 20,000 people drawing comparisons to history-making black politicians like Barack Obama and Shirley Chisholm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the speech was a signal of the careful balance of her campaign. The speech was a signal of the careful, campa- careful balance her campaign tried to stake, strike throughout the year, um, leaning on her personal story as a daughter of Indian and Jamaican immigrants while offering policy 
references that toggled between the party's moderate and progressive ideological wings. Ms. Harris sought to focus on the incremental and deliverable change rather than the type of systematic appeal popularized by rivals like Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts and Bernie Sanders of Vermont. Could they take out all the billionaires? I love Bernie Sanders. He's such a fixture of SNL comedy. Like, that's why I'm actually happy that he's in this race because he's literally, he's so silly. He's just so silly. He's so silly. In the words of um, Ross Geller from Friends. That would be silly. Remember when um, Ross was trying to get Monica and Chandler not to live together and then he, because he wants Rachel to live with him. But then he's like, no, 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 live together because he doesn't want Rachel to live with him because Rachel's going to be like, I'm going to live with boys. See, everything also always goes back to Friends, too. Friends is literally so universal, you guys. I literally, I just can't wait for HBO Go to literally, not HBO Go, HBO Plus or whatever that new streaming, HBO Max, that's what it is for the um, sort of Friends, you know, reboot or whatever they have in the works. I'm going off on a tangent again, you guys. I'm going to get back to this article. <laughs> so sorry. But almost immediately after her campaign, by the way, this is from the New York Times, to continue, anyone who's just dropping it now, I'm talking about uh, Kamala Harris and her suspension of her presidential candidacy. Um, but almost immediately after her campaign began, she faced questions about her policy core that resulted in damaging news cycles. She reversed her position on single-payer health care, removing herself from the Medicare for All bill sponsored by Mr. Sanders. She struggled with how to frame her record as a prosecutor, um, oscillating between defending it against progressive crit- criticism and embracing it in a play for more moderate views. On a conference call with donors Tuesday, Ms. Harris said she arrived at the decision after conferring with her family over the Thanksgiving holiday um, she stayed up meeting with advisors until 2 a.m. Tuesday before concluding that she had no path forward in the race, a person on the call said. Ms. Harris said she would have needed to raise $5 million in two weeks, a goal she described as impossible. I just don't want to bullshit you, she said. Well, nothing's impossible, I believe was a Nike slogan. Um, but, you know, you just got to keep on keeping on in the words of, I don't know who said that, but literally, like, everybody says that. So, you know, but it's very, it's very um, honorable when somebody knows that, you know, sometimes life is just, it's tough that way, and you think you have a chance to do something, but then when you realize that their stakes are way too high, but I don't know what kind of message this is sending, because is it sending the message that you should give up, or is it sending the message that you have to be realistic with, you know, um, circumstances like this where you have to raise, I I also read some, some an article somewhere where she said she's not a billionaire, and you know, she can't self-finance her campaign, which is true, like Mayor Bloomberg and Trump, um, and others who have, you know, substantial means, but Pete Buttigieg doesn't have uh, high means, and he made a joke about him himself not being on the list of Forbes wealthiest campaigners or something. So I don't. I wonder how he's doing it, but I, I believe he has a little bit more momentum, which is really interesting. But this is all hearsay. Okay, to continue. Um, over the weekend, um, I just don't want to bullshit you. She said over the weekend after a New York Times article detailed problems with her campaign, Miss Harris did a financial audit of her operation, according to a senior aide, one of Miss Harris's aides, who spoke with her about her decision to drop out said that her instinct was to keep fighting, but she was told her campaign would have to go into debt in order to continue. In her announcement Tuesday, Ms. Harris reaffirmed her commitment to her campaign's unifying ideals. She's likely to immediately become a top-tier option for the party's vice presidential nomination. Hey, that would be just as great. Quote, Although I am no longer running for president, she said, I will do everything in my power to defeat Donald Trump and fight for the future of our country and the best of who we are. Um, And then there's a screen grab of her tweet. It has been the honor of my life to be your candidate. We will keep up the fight. Um, Ms. Harris' withdrawal will set up an arms race between the remaining presidential campaigns as they try to lap <clears throat> up her top-tier roster of endorsements and staff members. Some of her donors have already begun to field calls from her rivals, but it is unclear how much Ms. Harris' exit will aid anyone candidate in polling, considering how much her stand had declined in recent months. She and Ms. Warren were competing for many of the same voters earlier in the year, but moderates like former Vice President Joseph R. Biden Jr. and Mayor Pete Buttigieg of South Bend, Indiana, may seek a boost from her supporters in Iowa and New Hampshire. 
Throughout her candidacy, Ms. Harris faced concerns about her political strategy and her campaign's organizational structure. She relied on a stable of California political strategists led by longtime political operative Avril Smith, who did not need who did not heed warnings from grassroots organizers to invest more heavily in early voting states like Iowa and New Hampshire. Instead, the campaign focused on later primaries in states with non-white voters, including South Carolina and California. Her campaign miscalculated Mr. Biden remain I'm sorry, her campaign miscalculated. Mr. Biden remained popular with black voters, preventing her campaign from making significant headway in South Carolina and California. Ms. Harris was increasingly boxed out as candidates like Mr. Sanders and Ms. Warren excited the state's liberal wing, and Mr. Biden persisted among moderates. Still, Ms. Harris had already qualified for the next presidential debate scheduled for December 19th, the only non-white candidate to do so thus far. Without her, Democrats may have an all-white debate stage, though candidates like Representative Tulsi Gobart of Hawaii and businessman Andrew Yang may still qualify in the coming days. Quote, no matter your candidate, you have to recognize that going from the most diverse field ever in January to a potentially all-white debate stage in December is catastrophic, wrote Leah Greenberg, a co-executive director of in, 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 <laughs> Indivisible, a national progressive group on Twitter. Um, it was an earlier debate stage in June when Ms. Harris generated one of her most electric moments in the race so far, challenging Mr. Biden over his record on race and busting, quote, I do not believe you are racist, she began. Mr. Biden was so taken aback, he cut his own answer short. Burn, I believe is the word. Um, burn, burn, Bernie Sanders, feel the burn, feel the burn. Um, cut his answer short. Uh, money poured into her campaign and she spiked in the polls, but those numbers declined steadily in the months that followed, beginning when she had difficulty articulating her own position on mandated busing, undercutting her star turn. Quote, she really showed the importance of having uh, different perspectives on the debate stage, said Amanda Hunter, research and communications director for the Barbara Lee Family Foundation, which supports women in politics and studies double standards, her personal story about being Boss to school was something that a historically typical older white man could not bring to the conversation. But, quote, there is still a very entrenched stereotype of what a presidential candidate looks like in this country. Ms. Hunter said simply by running Senator Harris, challenged that and broke down stereotypes. Ms. Harris's online fundraising slowed in recent months and large donors increasingly turned toward other candidates in the third quarter of the year. She spent more than one point four one. One dollar and forty-one cents of every for every dollar she raised, burning through millions. She stopped buying ads both online and on television. Slashed her staff in New Hampshire and retrenched to Aya, where she spent the Thanksgiving holiday with her family. In the days leading up to her withdrawal, as her campaign grew increasingly desperate, she surprised one donor who is not a major donor, Democratic bundler, by telephoning him to see if he could reach out to his associates who had yet to give. Um, another donor recommended to her that she leave the race. Even as she struggled, Ms. Harris held Ms. Ms. Harris had assembled a coveted list of more than 130 bundlers who raised at least 25000 for her campaign, more than half of whom were in her home state, California, one of the deepest wells of Democratic cash. Ms. Harris canceled a scheduled fundraiser with some of her top bundlers in New York on Tuesday, just hours before the event. On Wednesday, she had been scheduled to attend an event in Los Angeles at the home of Sean Parker, the billionaire tech entrepreneur. A pair of California-based Democratic strategists, Dan Newman and Brian Brokaw, had just secured the money and implicit sign-off from Ms. Harris's campaign to begin a super PAC or super PAC in support of her candidacy. The group named People Standing Strong was to begin a million-dollar ad buy in Iowa on Wednesday. But it was not enough as her campaign determined that she did not have enough financial resources to continue. The group quickly began canceling its reservations. In addition to the financial troubles, some of Ms. Harris's supporters worried that a poor showing of voting, a poor showing once voting began, particularly in the California primary, would leave Ms. Harris vulnerable to a Senate primary challenge in 2022. 
presidential candidates have dropped out of presidential candidates have dropped out after running out of money for decades, including Senator Kristen Gillibrand and former Representative Beto O'Rourke earlier this year in 2015. Scott Walker, um, then the governor of Wisconsin, famously flamed out of the Republican contest months before balloting began because he was short of cast. Presidential Trump tweeted a farewell to Ms. Harris, saying, quote, We will miss you, Kamala, to which she replied, Don't you worry, Mr. President. I'll see you at your trial. Savage, girl. Savage. Ms. Harris's former rivals for the Democratic nomination quickly expressed their admiration for her on Tuesday. Quote, Her campaign broke barriers. Oh, excuse me. Her campaign broke barriers and did it with joy. Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey tweeted, Love you, sister. Ms. Warren praised her commitment to fighting for the people for justice and holding Donald Trump accountable. The Ha, former Housing Secretary Julian Castro called her a lifelong fighter for opportunity and justice for all Americans. Mr. Biden, campaigning in Iowa, called Ms. Harris a first-rate intellect, first-rate candidate, and a real competitor. He walked away when a reporter asked whether he would consider Ms. Harris as a running mate. <laughs> well, that answers that. Well, you know what I have to say? Um, it's more honorable when somebody um, succumbs to maybe... Not their... I'm not going to use the word failure. When somebody succumbs to the reality that something is impossible at the current moment. And I say at the current moment because there's the next presidential race and the next and the next and the next. And things can change and the waters can change and the wind can change. And Whoopi Goldberg so eloquently always puts this on, always um, discusses this on The View when she, when the other co-hosts are sort of reviewing stories about who's head in the polls and whatnot. Whoopi goes, you can't, you can't go by that because something's going to change tomorrow. And I remember when everybody was, um, you know, proclaiming Kamala Harris as the number one. And then look what happens, you know, and that's, it's, 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 a, it's a true testament to how life works, too. Like, you never, you just never know how things are going to pan out. And it's just, it's crazy. And um, it's, it's just, I mean, I can't even imagine being a presidential candidate. I can't, I can't even imagine being a public servant is, you know, essentially what they are. Not servant in a bad way, but servant. They should probably update that term. It's a bit, you know, it, it doesn't age well. But um, I just can't imagine the scrutiny you, you take and... I don't know. But anyways, this sort of brings me to my second story. Um, and I sort of already touched upon it, but it's a little humorous because it just shows what a dope way to buy our soap he is. Um, Kamala, this is from CNN. Uh, no, is it? Yes, yeah, CNN Politics. Kamala Harris sits back on Twitter at Trump's dig on Twitter. Senator Kamala Harris responded on Twitter after President Trump mocked her for dropping out of the 2020 presidential race. Um, basically by, you know, saying... Thanks, Mr. President. I'll see you at trial. That's literally so funny. It's savage is what they say. Savage. I just think that I, I, I'm a firm believer in karma. And I don't know how you guys feel about karma and whatnot, if it exists or whatnot. But I really do because I've done not so great things. You know, I've, I've you know, talked. I've done what everybody has done. You know, in, in the heat of anger, I've been angry at somebody, said things I don't mean or regret. Um, been angry at somebody and just, you know, lost my temper, as, as we sometimes do. And, you know, the world has a way of, of really putting a mirror in front of you and showing you, you know, you can't, you can't act like that. You, you have to put out good and always be good. And as hard as that is, that's sort of, you know, the challenge of life. Um, but I, I think, you know, Prez Trump, uh, you know, over there in Washington, D.C., should really pipe down because there's, like, so much bad press going on about him. And I think it's, it's – he just is so in denial from what I think, allegedly. I am not actually going to speak for the man. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, you should be nice. And I, I, I know that if, thing, if you were in that position – you know, and maybe one day he will be where he, he won't be re-elected. Well, of course, what, even if he is re-elected, his, presidential, his presidency will, of course, come to an end. And, you know, it's probably going to be really hurtful for him when people say, you know, I'm so happy you're not in office. Or, you know, I see what people put on Twitter and stuff. So just everybody should be nice. And nobody, even though 
uh, he may say, really disastrous, horrific, un- insensitive, just really mean low stuff. In the words of Michelle Obama, when they go low, we go high. So everybody should be high. And, you know, whatever high you want to be, you do that, girl. Whether it's marijuana, whether it's edibles, whether it's going to Susie Cakes in LA and having 50 chocolate chip cookies because they're so damn good. You know, you, you, you do you, girl. Um, well, that was uh, pretty much like Kamala Harris, right? I want to just, like, see if there's anything else that's other because I thought that that would take me a little bit longer. Um, the, the Trump story I thought was an entire news article, but I, I guess not. Um, 538, I guess, is a website, posted an article why Kamala Harris's campaign failed by Perry Beacon Jr. Kamala Harris dropped out of the presidential race on Tuesday, and she's probably the most significant candidate to do so to date. The senator from California was polling at about as well as any candidate outside of the four leading contenders. Biden, Buttigieg, Sanders, and Warren. Guys, I, I just, I would love to know who is going to be the nominee. And I feel like I know, but it's either going to be, I believe it's either going to be Buttigieg or Biden. Gosh, what a, what a, what a, what a um, world that would be if it was Bud- President Buttigieg and Vice President Biden. Oh, I would love it though. He, he already knows how to do the damn job. And he was really good at it and everybody liked him and happy, funny Joe. And do you guys, I don't know if you ever watched this, but if not, you really should watch it. Wanda Sice at the, um, one of those dinners called, uh, the, the, uh, one of those national dinners for the president. And she was, um, doing a stand-up act for President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama. And she was so funny. She was talking about how relatable Obama was. And she was like, I wouldn't be surprised if I were to walk by the White House and see you out there mowing the lawn. And it was so funny. And just, she, she was talking about how happy Joe Biden is. Happy Joe, happy Joe. And he is, he's very smiley and lovey and... Just a gem. Okay, I'm going to get you this article. Again, it's from a uh, website called 538. I don't know what that website is about, but hey, you learn something new every day. Okay, what happened to Harris? I wrote an article in early October after she had gradually dropped to the mid single digits in most polls, trying to explain her de- trying to explain her decline. The most probable theories, in my view, were this is the uh, author's view, but I believe they're right. Uh, they're they're sort of right um, in where maybe other people agree with us. Democratic voters were not looking for an Obama style candidate running more on charisma and personality than on policy. Biden, Sanders, and Warren were just strong rivals, in particular Biden's strength among black voters and Warren's support among college-educated whites boxed Harris out among two groups she really needed. Harris herself had not been an ideal candidate. At times, she struggled to explain her policy stances and her reasons for running for president. And finally, Harris, as a woman of color, she's a daughter of an Indian and Jamaican, a daughter of Indian and Jamaican immigrants, faced extra high hurdles with a Democratic Party that's focused on each candidate's perceived ability to defeat President Trump. Many voters view nominating a woman as a risky bet in a general election. This is the art, This is the author. Um, his name is Perry Bacon Jr.'s name. Those explanations still ring largely true to me, but not fully. Harris dropping out now surprised me. Uh, I expected she would stay in a race at least through Iowa and perhaps even New Hampshire. She'd um, uh, and drop out if she had poor showings in those contests. There had been a lot of reporting about infighting in her campaign and struggles to raise money, so I suspect those are the main factors driving her to drop out before any voting has taken place. Um, put simply, she may have run out of money, as Harris herself hinted in a post me- on Medium describing her decision to leave the race. Also, her poll numbers had been pretty steadily declining. Um, well, like I said before, it, it, it it's not... Uh, it's no easy... It's no easy, uh, you know, feat. It's no easy uh, journey, especially in this. And other, of course, somebody else will drop out because obviously all four of the elite contenders can't, you know, 
be the nominee, and there's Cory Booker, and there's, um, I don't know, like Zendaya. I wish I'd like Zendaya ran for president, or Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey, I feel like, would win. But I feel like Oprah, she's too much good to do in the world. She, she's probably doing more good than any other, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what, is, what is the whole thing called? Government. <laughs> See, this is how, like, immersed in pop culture I am, which is literally why this is probably going to be my last political story until the election. Unless there's some major, like, shoe-dropping, um, shoe-dropping sort of, uh, press release or something of, you know, something happening in the, in the race. But the reason why I wanted to devote an entire episode to Kamala Harris is because she did break barriers running this campaign, and she was really good, she was a really good competitor, and, um, although I don't know much about her and, you know, the inner workings of her campaign strategies and whatnot, um, I had read many articles of what she talked about, and although she didn't really discuss specifics, uh, in regards to to, you know, policy she wanted to implement in the White House. Ooh, I sound so fancy. Um, I think she really did mean well. And, uh, but what I, what I also think is some people get ahead of themselves. And, you know, it's, it's living proof that having a, um, having a current resident in the White House, in the words of Whoopi Goldberg, because she obviously never utters President Trump's name, who isn't so experienced in politics is, you know, a bit risky, even for those who, um, Maybe you don't care so much about what's going on in the world. Everybody cares what's going on in the world. But I mean in regards to um, you know, the government. Uh, it's risky because you've, you're not able to sleep well at night. You want someone in there who really knows how to do the damn job. And although so many people were divided on President Obama, I, of course, was a huge, 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 huge fan of his. Um, I voted for him uh, because he was able to clearly illustrate what his viewpoints were on policies and the good he wanted to do for the world and his intentions of um, carrying a presidency. Um, and what, what I really liked about his campaign, and I think which in turn many agree led to the success of him um, being a two-term president, was the fact that uh, he didn't fight dirty and he, he just was a class act and he was strong and, you know, he, he was... He tried to appeal to the, you know, millennial generation. It was funny and did, like, the mic drop. And, you know, he was buddy-buddy with Jay-Z and all these big celebrities. But it was never – he never let it – let it. I'm so sorry. That's not even a word. He never let his, um, his sort of personal life and, and friendships fog what he was in – the what he was in the position – what he held the position and what he was in the White House to do, which was make the country a better place. And whether or not you agree that he did that or not, um, that's your own – that's your own thing. But – um. I think, you know, moving forward, it's going to be really interesting to see how the remaining candidates learned from, you know, people's mistakes, because you always got to learn from your mistakes, not only your mistakes, but other people's mistakes. And that's how you, you know, uh, become a better person, more mature person. And um, gosh, you guys, this is such a different episode. This is one of those like one-off episodes, like in a TV show that's sort of not following the structure of the TV show. Anyways, you guys have a great Tuesday. I'm about to recap Frozen 2. Kamala Harris, much love to you, sister. Congratulations on a great campaign. You're still a winner and a fighter in my eyes.